0: Today with Catherine Ruinala. Hey, I've been doing some light reading today. Praise the Lord. Um, one of my favorite authors, Maria Woodwith Um, She's. If you don't know who sh- who she is, she was a, a housewife at the turn of last century, in the nineteen hundreds, and the Lord called her to minister, which was really out of the box for for her and. Um, the, the things the Lord did in their meetings are just extraordinary. She's called the mother of the modern healing movement. Uh, but the power of the Holy Spirit and the things that he would do, they would, they would have meetings and they'd go into the, to cities and towns and in a radius around them, often people um, who didn't even know the meetings were going on would come under the power of the Holy Spirit's conviction and fall down and cry out for salvation. Um, I was reading a story today about some some guys that were actually lying in wait for people to rob them. And people were coming or or they were going home from the meeting. And instead of robbing them, the three of them holed up in this shack ready to jump out and, and rob the people suddenly began to tremble under the power of God and under conviction and then came out and said, I don't know what's going on, but we have to get our lives right with God. And uh, and people would fall down under the power of God in fields around where the meetings were happening within a 30-mile radius, in trances, having encounters with heaven and hell and, cry- and come out crying out for salvation. So some really glorious things, but... I was very encouraged because there were some really wild things that were happening. And if that's what was happening then, what will God be doing now? Now, you know, signs and wonders and miracles are just a part of who Jesus is. It's part of the miracle ministry of Jesus. And he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. I thought I'd just read you a couple of, just, just to help you recognize on the scale of um the Holy Ghost and Pentecost, we're pretty conservative. Um, I got to, you have a listen to this. This is really cool. I Just a couple of little stories here. here. How's this one? This is cool. I like good stories. There's a lady here. Um, she was starting to, she was in her house, uh, tarrying to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And she began to feel the Holy Spirit uh, touch her. She says here, I knew it was the power of God and I did not resist, but gave up completely. That's a real key right there. They laid me on the floor. My body began to rock and my hands were waving in the air. This is like 1902. I was all the time praising Jesus and felt myself going up. They told me afterwards that my body raised until they could see the light under it. I was between the window and the rest of them, about 10 in number. And the Holy Spirit came in. I began singing in different languages. And, and uh, she goes on to talk about the power of God and, and how she was gloriously baptised in the Holy Ghost as, um, as she's on the floor under the power of the Holy Spirit and they can see daylight underneath her. And, you know, sometimes people get all excited about that. Oh, I want this or I want that. But you see, when you get him... You get everything. And I just believe as we press in to know him, we need to get ready for some things that we can't explain. Because the Holy Spirit is the, he's a, a miracle working God. We know Jesus who walked through walls. Why? Because he could. It's a sign and a wonder that makes people glorify him. Why walk on the water? Why multiply the bread? It's a, there's signs and wonders that give him glory. And I believe that we are coming into a season where as we become gloriously obsessed with loving him, he is going to do exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask hope, or imagine. Amen? And glorious, of course, so many glorious testimonies of healings and miracles and limbs growing out and um, tubercular people coming in like skeletons at the last, you know, at the very end of their life and the Holy Spirit touching them and then putting on weight in the meeting, visibly putting on weight. Glorious. Who wants the weight gain anointing? (laughs) Yeah, no, I don't need that one. Praise <laughs> praise the Lord. Amazing, amazing. Some of you guys are saying yes, yeah. Praise the Lord. <laughs> and we've been seeing God do signs and wonders. I mean, I, we tell a story about just in one of our miracle meetings last year, we had a gentleman, um, he may even be here tonight, who as he was just singing in the spirit like we were when we were um just singing in tongues before. He felt his tongues change and become a bit more structured. And the, the man beside him was Vietnamese and didn't know the Lord. And he heard him preach the gospel in Vietnamese and then gave his heart to the Lord. I mean, amazing, amazing. But you see, this is, this is not new. That was happening right back in the book of Acts. And God is doing glorious things. So get ready for there is much, much more. Amen. Well, do you have your Bibles with you? Turn with me in your Bibles. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I've, been, I've just finished my slow walk through the Psalms. I came to the end. I'm like, oh, it's the end. I'm going to read the Proverbs now. And so I, I'm up to tro- Proverbs 4 now. And, oh, it's so delicious. It's like I was telling our partners last night online, um, it's like those advent calendars you get in, in the festive seasons when, when you've got, you're going to count up to December and you open a, a little door every day and there's a chocolate or a treat behind the door, whoever had them when you were young. Oh, well, for me, it's a bit like every time I open the Bible, it's like opening one of those little Advent calendars. I'm like, "Ooh, I'm excited! What's behind the door? What's the treat today? What's God going to speak today?" And that's that's the attitude God wants us to have with the Word of God. Like, I get to, ooh, I get to read Proverbs five tonight. <sighs> Praise the Lord. I'm actually up to four, but I already snuck it in after midday. I'm like, I can do four now. So (laughs) I'm trying to discipline myself just to go slowly and enjoy it. Uh, But the the Word of God is a delight and a pleasure and a privilege for us. We're going to look today at Exodus chapter 15. It's an unusual story. Hallelujah. Now, Right before this story is the story of how the Lord parted the Red Sea and they came across, the Israelites all came across. They had come to the Red Sea. The Egyptian army was behind them wanting to destroy them. They were between a rock and a hard place. They were really, they were stuck. If God didn't do something, they were were stuck. And so the Lord cried out, uh, Moses cried out to the Lord and the Lord told him what to do and he lifted up his staff and he parted the Red Sea. The Israelites came across and then the Red Sea came crashing down on the Egyptian army and the people were brought safely across into the promised land. Amazing, amazing miracle. So straight after this, Miriam is singing, sing to the Lord for his highly exalted, the horse and the rider who's thrown into the sea. So they're all celebrating. Next thing, uh, then Moses led Israel from the Red Sea, verse 22, and they went out into the wilderness of Shur and they went three days in the wilderness and found no water. When they came to Marah, they could not drink the waters of Mara, for they were bitter. Therefore it was named Mara, which means bitter. So the people grumbled at Moses, saying, what shall we drink? Then he cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree, and he threw it into the waters, and the waters became sweet. There he made for them a statute and regulation, and there he tested them. And he said, If you'll give earnest heed to the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight and give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes, I'll put none of the diseases on you which I have put on the Egyptians, for I, the Lord, am your healer. Hallelujah. I am the Lord that healeth thee. I am the Lord that healeth thee. I am the Lord that healeth thee. That's where that song comes from, that scripture right here in Exodus chapter 15. It's a really interesting story to me. You read this and you think, why? Why? You brought them through the Red Sea, then three days in the wilderness, they get really thirsty. They get to a place where there's supposed to be water and it's poisonous. They can't drink it. Why didn't God sort it out before they get there? Why would he bring them through the Red Sea, out of Egypt, through the Red Sea, and not sort out the water. Like, why? You know, sometimes things happen and we, we just can't understand. I thought you were for us, God. I thought, I thought you were for me. Why would this happen? Why, God? Why? You could ask the same thing about the Red Sea. Why didn't God just part the Red Sea when they got there? Why? Because God wants us to grow in faith because he has created us not to be little victims, but to be overcomers. The why, God, why, 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 God, they grumbled. And it says here that he tested them. Why is God testing them? He already knows them. He knows what they're like. He knows their heart. When he says he's testing them, he was saying, basically he's saying, I, I'm giving them an opportunity. You see, every obstacle that comes your way is an opportunity. And when we recognize that an obstacle is not the judgment of God or something terrible, and if we stop ourselves from grumbling and complaining but instead cry out to the Lord in faith, knowing you haven't brought me this far to not help me now, then you'll, you'll see a breakthrough that will glorify God. The disciples did this when a man was brought blind to Jesus. They said, Why? But like the crows in my backyard. Why? 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 Why was this man born blind? Who sinned? We're trying to figure it out. There must be a judgment in here. There must be a punishment that he's being punished for something. We often think like that when something ha- bad happens. I must have done something wrong. It's like Julie Andrews. Must have done something good to get this. I must have done something bad to have this happen. No. When Jesus was confronted by the disciples saying, why? Why Why has this happened to this man? Why was he born blind? Why has this terrible thing happened to him? And Jesus just basically turned around and told them, it's for my glory. This is an opportunity. You're asking the wrong question. Instead of why, why? You should be asking, who, who? Who? Be like the wise owl, I tell you, I'm in Proverbs, it's just gonna come out. (laughs) Wisdom, who, who? Not why, why? But who? Who are you? Oh, I know who you are. You're the Lord of the universe. You're the creator of all the earth. You are the Lord that healeth me. As we come to the place of maturity where instead of grumbling and complaining at every obstacle and every difficulty that comes our way, we instead make a decision to say, who? I'm going to decree who you are. You are the Lord that healeth me. You are the Lord of my breakthrough. You are the Lord who'll never leave me, who'll never forsake me. I know who you are. This is who you are. And as you declare who he is, you get to see the glory of God manifest. David, when he came up to the armies and the giant was there threatening all the armies of Israel, why didn't God just do something about the army and sort them out? Why why did they have this confrontation? Because he loved them so much he wanted them to have an opportunity to recognize that they weren't called to be little baby birds who are just, but they were called to fly. They were called to be the head and not the tail, the overcomers, not the victims. You see, God, when we're born, we're, we're needy, we, everything gets done for us, we get fed, we get changed, we get everything done. But a time comes where we have to learn to do some things for ourselves. The Bible talks about this. He says he's like an, an eagle that stirs up its nest. If you look at the process of an eagle stirring up its nest, basically when the eggs are, uh, are born, they are... They've, Nest is made all beautiful. She plucks out feathers and makes it all soft and cosy and comfy. Feathers her nest. That's where we get it from, ladies. feathering her nest. That's that's um, that's where the saying comes from. They feather the nest and they make it all cosy and lovely. They pluck out their own feathers to make it beautiful and soft. And the baby birds hatch. And they're there and they just open their mouths and ah, ah. And the the mother just keeps coming and bringing the food and it's wonderful. Until one day, mother starts stirring up the nest and all the feathers go flying and there's just pokey sticks. It's like, Ma, excuse me, what's going on? This is uncomfortable. And she just keeps doing it, stirs up the nest the birds, the baby birds are forced out to try and find a more comfortable place. And she she huffles them up. And then the next day she comes along and they're like, this is really uncomfortable, mum. And she begins to move them towards the edge of the nest and kicks them off the edge. (laughs) What? Who are they called to be? It's because they're called to be eagles. God wants us when we come across difficulties and he tells us in this life, you will have trouble, but take heart because I've overcome the world and it's no longer we who live, but Christ who lives in us. Therefore, we have overcome the world with him. We've been created in his image and the God-given mandate of men and women they were created to dominate I'm sorry if you don't like that but it's in the bible they were created to rule over the planet now i'm not being i'm not being politically incorrect i hope but we are called to rule to reign and rule as kings and priests in the earth. The only way you get to learn how to reign and to rule is to be doing it. So when they came to the bitter waters, the Lord was trying to help them change their mindset out of a slave mentality where they were the victims and all the bad things were just happening to them, to the place where they were now the conquerors, they were the overcomers, they were the victors. God had just shown them a great victory. And then another obstacle comes. Why? Because God wanted them to remember who he is and who they were in his sight. Your obstacle is your opportunity. Caleb and Joshua, when they came back from the promised land and everyone was like, oh, there's giants in the land. Like seriously, why, why, why did God not just clear the land out for them? Hadn't they been through enough? Giants, why? because God wanted them to remember who, who, but they forgot. They're like, we are like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so we were in theirs. They didn't know who they were. They didn't remember who God was, and therefore they failed to inherit what God had laid up for them. They failed to take on and take over what God had given to them. God was trying to train them from day one of their escape from bondage. He was training them, testing them, not to... And sometimes we think testing as a, as a negative thing. A test from God is simply an opportunity for you to get a testimony. Every... Difficulty that comes your way instead of oh God, why? There are whole ministries devoted to trying to help you figure out why bad stuff's happening to you. That's not my ministry, doesn't seem to have been Jesus' ministry either. But instead, the Lord was wanting Him, wanting us to remember. Who who are you? Now, I've, I'm all for prayer ministry. I love it. I get prayer ministry every year. I, I so appreciate I so appreciate good counselling and good help. But good counselling and good help, Luchi will tell you, doesn't leave you going, oh, woe is me. I'm just going to be a victim for the rest of my life. I just need special attention. No, a good nurse or a good counsellor or a good doctor doesn't let you just languish, but after you've had an operation, gets you up and walking much sooner than you think you're ready for. You might think, oh, that's not nice. Just be nice to them. Let them sit there. No, if they do, let them just lie there oh, they, after they've been through so much. No, in in they come the next morning, the nurses and the physios are there, come on, up we go, let's go for a walk. Like, do you know what I've just been through? But the reality is they do that because... You need to remember, your muscles need to remember that, hey, you are not your circumstance, you are created as a human. You and you and I are created as sons and daughters of the Most High God, and awakening is coming to help us remember who we are. He says, "You will speak to this mountain and it'll be removed." This is, the, this is who you are. You're not somebody that, that is a spectator waiting to see something happen, but you and I are called to be the head and not the tail, above only and not beneath. You and I are called to speak to mountains and tell them to move. You and I are called to lay hands on the sick and see them recover. He says, when you go into a city, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, tell them that the kingdom of God's come upon them. This is who you are. Is there an obstacle in front of you that's just seeming like it's the last straw? God, I can't deal with it. Not, 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 not another thing. I can imagine that might be how the Israelites felt. And when you come to that place, I've been there, I know You you feel like I have run out of strength and it just doesn't, oh, God, no. How can I deal with this? And then you have to remind yourself, I've got two choices. I can give up and despair, and that doesn't lead anywhere good. Or I can get up and declare. And as much as the devil would love to dress up the pity party as you'll be, you just need to give up and just veg out and watch the Netflix and eat the pizza and the ice cream and just be sorry for yourself. As soon as you turn this silly thing off, you're gonna be in your sleep thinking about why, why, why? And you're gonna live in torment, medicating it with however way you can try to stop the pain where all the time the Lord's saying, hey, I haven't called you to be under, I've called you to be above. This this obstacle, this sickness, this pain, this difficulty, this financial difficulty, whatever it is that you're facing, it's already been shown in the Word of God to be nothing before the Lord. Nothing is impossible for those who believe.